This is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Chris provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Welcome back to the Road to Retirement. My name is Chris Anselmo with Brookside Tax and Financial Group, and uh, we have our co-host, healthy co-host now, Tony Shore. Hey, great to be here, Chris. Great to see you. And I'm excited about the show today. It's fun. Uh, I'm sorry I missed. Uh, I was out with COVID a couple of weeks ago. I, I so That's what I heard. And then yeah. la- and last week, uh, some transformer on the street blew and we didn't have, we only had like part of our power. So, so that's we had weird. A, we had, yeah. So there, I guess there's a fuse in there that went out. We had a bad storm that night before. And, uh, oh, sure. And, uh, so we came in like all the lights were like blinking and they weren't really like all the way on. And I thought it was, thank God, I thought it was internal. I'm switch, flipping all the breakers and stuff. But oh yeah, uh, eventually we called the the power company. They just came out and they had to replace something. So, so um, today I thought we'd talk about, it's, it's not really a topic, but it's kind of like getting um, organized. Um, we, um, and I think we'll go back to this more. We used to do a lot of these binders. We'd call them our very important papers, VIP binder. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very important papers. And uh, um, I don't know if you could see that, but it was, it would, you know, we'd dress it up a little bit, but it looked like this and it'd have a, <laughs> it'd have a table of contents and sure. you know, some tabs and stuff. So I thought we'd go over a little bit of that and maybe what you would put in there. Um so well, that's again, a good topic. That's so, a topic. Very important yeah. papers, right? So yeah, it was, a, it was called our VIP binder. So ah, I like. So it. I'm going to um, try and try and uh, share a screen here. So all right, um, for our they, viewers out there, they'll be able to see the list. Okay. So and for our listeners, Chris will let you know what they're seeing. Okay. So um, hopefully you can you can see all that, Tony. Yep. Oops. Oops. Oh, there you go. Well, I don't know what I did there. Can you see, still see the? Nope. Okay. You so had it at the first. There yeah. you go. There you go. Yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to make my screen bigger. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, oftentimes when, when someone, especially when someone passes away, um, the next of kin, they don't know where everything's at. Right. Especially if you, if you ever seen that show hoarding. Oh uh, yeah. So we have we've had, we've had people that have houses like that, but I'm not sure the hoarder would actually do one of these binders because they they hoard. But uh, for a lot of people, it was <laughs> yeah. um, it was just a place where everything could be. Now, as I showed you, we you know we usually do this three ring binder where you put their names on it. We call it very important papers, and we have the tabs you know in there. Yeah. Now. As we go through this, um, you know, it's a table of contents for your listeners. And the first one, you know, because we, you know, this is who we are. We do tax returns, right? So the first one's in there. Do we have your maybe last uh, two or three years of tax returns in there? Or um, let us know where they're at. So maybe in the tax return tab, it says, look look in the, the file cabinet in my bedroom, right? So as long as they have 
know where these things are at, uh, especially when we get down to legal documents. We may have a whole nother binder for legal documents. So maybe you either put them in this binder or you say, go see my legal binder. Right. And this is where it's at. So, so uh, the main things were, you know, when we're trying to settle estates and things are um, we want to see where the bank accounts are. Right. So oftentimes, uh, especially the last generation have uh, 13 different bank accounts because they got a toaster from one, a, a, you know, a blender from another one. Right. And, and I got some pats and pans. And so oftentimes literally we'll have clients, uh, the generation ahead of us that they may have 10 banks. Wow. Because they have, you know, this one gave a CD for 2.1 and this one gave one for 2.3. So we moved sure. over from, yeah. So, so where are all those bank accounts? Because the, those are hard to find because, um, especially as things are getting more digital. Yeah. Um, people are, uh, opting now the last generation is not so bad, but our generation gets a little more digital. Like you, you don't get a physical bank statement in the mail every day or every right. month. Right. So somehow they need to know where the banks are, what the account numbers are, things like that. Um, and, and because if you miss them, there could be hundreds of thousands of dollars in a bank account you never yeah. heard of. Yeah. And and there are some online banks, right? We used to use um, a bank called EverBank for clients. I think they're out, they're owned now by TIA, but um, it was all online, so there wasn't any physical statement. I mean, you could get a physical statement if you wanted to, but um, it wasn't like a brick and mortar place that you would, you know, I know there's, uh, you know, USA Bank is around the corner, right? Or sure. things like that. So bank accounts, retirement accounts, um, whether they are IRAs or annuities or 401ks, uh, where they're at, who's holding them, who's your, hopefully the advisor's us, but if it's not us, uh, you know, where are they all at? Um, and I, remind me to mention the, um, the, uh, the vault because I, probably didn't put that on here. So, so these are, this is a physical binder and um, later we'll talk a little bit about the vault, but okay. Brokerage accounts. Oftentimes you might have a Schwab account, Fidelity account, Vanguard account. Where are they? Even if you don't put every monthly statement in here, at least have something in the binder that tells them where it's at. You know, this is the account number. It's at Vanguard. Here's the account number. And later we have a section on all the digital assets. Like, what are my logins? What are my passwords? Um, now, when I, I'll, I'll talk to you about our Excel file when, I, when we get there. But so this list includes tax returns, bank accounts, retirement accounts uh, for your listeners, brokerage accounts, annuities, life insurance policies, property and casualty insurance. So oftentimes when people pass away, uh, we tell them, look, you, you need to secure the house. I usually tell the executor or trustee to change the locks immediately because you don't know who mom and dad gave a key to, right? So the neighbors come pillaging through the house, right? So change the locks, but you also have to call the property and casualty insurance company to let them know mom and dad died, but we need, we need to keep the coverage on the house, right? So, you know, who's the property and casualty people? I mean, um, and those change from time to time. So as yeah. people try and find better rates, I know, um, got a call from an insurance company the other day and they're like, well, we're, we were your insurance company in 2021. I'm like, I don't even know who you are. You know? <laughs> so, so, uh, <laughs> so, uh, um, so phone numbers, maybe the agent's number uh, where you, who you do deal business with. Do you have a long-term care insurance policy? So oftentimes not, not off, but many times that, you know, clients are having to go into some assisted living or nursing home and they, and they have coverage through these, these insurance policies, but, but nobody knows about them. Right. So, right. So 
So they end up spending their own money when they could have made a claim on the insurance company. So, uh, you know, the important part is you need to do this while you're healthy and you're competent to do this, put this binder together and, you know, just need to keep it updated from time to time. Uh, another one is safe deposit boxes. I think less and less people are using them. I, I generally tell people, look, just go buy one of those big gun safes or fire safes at, at right. your local sporting goods store. And, you know, you get them for a few hundred dollars to thousands of dollars, but just keep all your important stuff in there. Um, safe deposit boxes are, uh, I'll say cumbersome. <laughs> so let me tell you one, one we did with uh, actually just a year or so ago. So we, uh, when we do an estate and the executor gets appointed, I was actually the executor in this, this instance. So the executor, once you get your permission slips from the court says, uh, Tony, you're the executor. It's, it, it's now as if you're the decedent. Right. You can now go to the brokerage accounts. You can go to all these accounts, close them out, do whatever you need to do. So we had to go close out a safe deposit box. And the and the bank says, well, we need to get a court order to close up the safe deposit box. I'm like, no, you don't. The executor can do that. I mean, the executor is like the decedent. Right. So sure enough, we get we get a, um, a court order. I go all the way out there to close the box. And he goes, uh, oh, you want to close the box? I thought you just wanted to get what was in it. We need another court order. I'm like, no, 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 no. Okay. So let's just, just open the box. So I give him, I have two keys. I give him the keys and he, he tries the the key and it's not working. Wow. That's not great. So he, he's looking around the, uh, the safe room and says, you know, this is box number 39. Maybe there's another box number 39 looks all right. Can't find it. So I said, uh, how about trying the other key? Sure enough, the other key opens the box. <laughs> so, and so I'm, I'm about ready to leave. And he goes, are, are you going to close the account? And I'm like, look, mom's dead. Dad's dead. I have everything that's in there. And I don't really care what you do with the box because I'm not coming back out here with a court order. <laughs> so you do whatever you got. Here's the keys. Do whatever you got to do. And, you know, there was another time we, we went out to get a safe deposit box, open the safe deposit box. And, uh, the only thing that was in the safe deposit box was the receipt that they paid $40 to get the safe deposit box. <laughs> so, so all that. So Tony, I can't hear you. Safe deposit boxes are a thing of the past, yeah, Chris. Yeah, and, yeah. and my parents had one for a while. And then uh, my mom got uh, really bad with her Parkinson's and uh, she wasn't doing so well. And so we were trying to figure out, she wasn't really making much sense. So we tried to figure out cause she had opened safe deposit boxes and it was a hassle to figure this out, make it happen, even to look in there. And by the time we did everything that the bank wanted us to do and looked in there, there was like an old copy of a social security card. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. And then my grandfather who lived 101. He had, he had like five different banks that he did business with, like you said. And uh, over the course of his, and he left the account. So he never closed an account apparently. Right. So uh, he had a couple safe deposit boxes. Like uh, in one was some keys that we didn't know that went to nothing that were really old. Right. And and so it's like, uh, it is crazy what people usually and my, my cousin, her uh, mom and dad passed away within a close period of time, went to the safe deposit box where they thought all the instructions on where everything was at and the will, there was nothing in there that uh, her mom had told her was in there. And then she ended up finding all that stuff in a shoe box in the back of the closet. 
yeah. was all the stuff that was supposed to have been in this. You know, and and often oftentimes we'll get into a little bit about the, the legal documents. People keep legal do- documents in their safe sure. deposit boxes, but those change from time to time. Um, and we'll we'll talk about a little bit um, lower on the on the list. But um, I'm not even sure how I get lower on the list. Let me see if I can. Uh, well, first of all, let's talk about safe deposit boxes again for a second, Chris. I mean, okay. I mean, I I think it's a bad idea to have a safe deposit box, in my yeah. personal opinion, because you can have a digital online safety deposit box. You right. have something called the generational vault, um, where you can keep copies of all these things and physical copies. I think you're better off having a home safe or, yeah. you know, a fireproof safe. To and, and, and the physical copies are becoming less and less uh, for our listeners um, uh, through gradients, uh, great efforts. They've created a, what we call the generational vault, yeah. which is an online vault for your documents. So you can upload. So our system allows you to upload whatever documents you want into that system. And you could actually, if you, if they're really private, you can have a folder that's only you can see. And you can share these folders with your loved ones. So, so like we can upload the document, like we could upload your tax returns in there. We could up, upload your legal documents. You could upload your, all your brokerage accounts. So if you want to do it digitally, it's the same thing as this very important papers binder. Um, so, um, so if you, if you want that and it's free to all our, our clients, so they can, uh, we can easily set them up and they, they can, it, like, it's not just stuff that we do for you. You can put anything you want in there. So right. it's, you know, there's photos, no anything yeah. you can upload any file to the yeah. and generational un- vault and you can use it. I mean, actually online storage, you know, you have to pay for that now, yeah. but this you provide it to your clients. They can upload yeah. a ton and it's, of photos it's, and-, and it's online. Uh, there, there, there's unlimited storage and yeah. we've had people that um, actually, I forgot who it was. Some, another one of the guys at uh, agents of gradient, um, he was traveling somewhere and they, somehow lost their passport, but they had a copy of it in their, uh, their generational vault and they were able to go to the U S embassy and get a new one. But, um, so, uh, it, you know, online is, is kind of the way to go now, but yeah. if you, if like, I still and like it's secure, I mean, it's yeah. like the 32 bit encryption, yeah. the same as banks use. Right. I mean, so, yeah. and we, um, you know, I, I still like touching paper, but you know, yeah, the you stuff's good too. so here's the, so on this list, we have safe deposit box, home safe. And the next one on the list for your listeners is digital assets, logins and passwords. So if you did have this generational vault open, how does someone get in it? Right. So um, the other thing that uh, you can be leery of is a lot of power of attorneys out there don't have specific language to allow the the agent access to digital assets, you know, anything that has a login and a password. So there's actually a, uni- a uniform digital assets act that came out a long time ago, uh, maybe two or three years ago um, that gives the, you can grant that power. So like our power wow. attorney is like 20 some pages long. So we have a, we have a provision in there for digital assets because uh, the bank, you know, the power attorney would say, um, you know, you can go look at the bank accounts, but the bankers were saying, well, it didn't say we can give you the passwords and, and, and logins for their online account. So, so you have to be careful of that. So uh, digital ass. So w- what I do, and I'm not sure this, I, I think it's secure enough. So I, um, I created an Excel spreadsheet with all, not all, the, almost all of my uh, website passwords and logins. Right. And then I um, password protect that, 
Excel spreadsheet. So you can't open that spreadsheet unless you have the password, right? So that way I can say, look, go see the Excel file. Here's the password if you need it. Um, and then they could go and say, you know, here's my, here's my account at American Airlines. This is, you know, here's my account at the bank. Here's my account at, you know, sporting goods store, and, you know, all those things that you, you know, the right. change. And then what's nice about the, the Excel file, as you, you know, you have to change passwords every now and then. And so you can just change the log, you know, you just put them in the Excel file because you, you like, you can't possibly remember all that stuff. Right. And you nope. don't want to just laying around in a notebook somewhere. Okay. Nope. So legal documents. So, um, now, whether or not you put you put them right in this binder, you know, the very important papers binder, or you might have your own separate binder that we created when you came in and did your legal documents. But things like birth certificates, marriage certificates, I, I'm trying to think of all the stuff that when we have to settle in the state may come up. So birth certificates, marriage, that's not often you need a birth certificate or marriage certificate, but um, there has been a time where there's, you know, it's a, it's the third marriage. And somebody wants proof that this is the, the current wife, right? So right. Uh, marriage certificates, uh, military discharge papers, because sometimes there's some benefits that the, uh, the veterans have that uh, you know the, the rest of us don't. So military discharge papers, and hopefully they're honorably discharged. <laughs> yes. um, uh, deeds, de deeds would be important. Um, oftentimes people have uh, a property other than their residence, right? They may have a property in Minnesota or Florida or, you know, uh, places where they vacation or they go for the winter or things like that. So uh, deeds or at least uh, how do we get to the deed? You know, maybe it's, maybe the deed, it says, go look at my safe deposit box. Right. So as least, as long as we can find things, um, wills, trusts, healthcare, power attorneys, uh, regular power attorneys, burial information. Um, you know, maybe you prepaid a funeral. So I don't want to go, you know, you went to ABC funeral home and prepaid everything. And, and we went and buried you at XYZ funeral home and we paid for it again. Right. And the first funeral home saying, we're not giving the money back because, you know, that was the deal. Like you were supposed to yeah. come here. Right. So things like that. Um, or maybe it's just simple as in this section of the table of contents, you just say, go see the legal binder that is on the top shelf of my credenza. Right. So as long as they know how to get to them um, and oftentimes like our clients, we often keep, well, you know, we, we bought a bank building, right? So we have a, a bank vault with a big door and everything. So oftentimes our clients will leave their original legal documents in our vault because people tend to lose them. Right. So or they can't find them because they don't, you know, mom's house is a mess and we don't know where to look. But so if like on the copy of their will, it says, uh, the original is retained by, and here's the address, right? So, but it, it's, it's hard because uh, a lot of times people can't find the will. And so that can cause a lot of problems, especially if you have second marriages, you have kids that aren't yours. Uh, we're, we're going through one right now. Here's a situation. Um, wife, um, wife, and husband bought a house um, and the deed unfortunately did not say joint survivorship. So the first um, husband died. So she uh, wants to uh, now she's remarried and she wants to put her new husband's house on the name of the house in case something happens to her. So we look at the deed, it doesn't say joint survivors. So what ha would happen is that his half of the house would have to be probated. 
to get it over to her. Now, unfortunately, she didn't realize this till eight or nine years after his death, and she destroyed the will that she never had to use that says everything goes to her. So I, I even though the, they own the home together, yeah. So the deed and, has and, to say joint and survivorship. So which is kind of you know it's different. It's different different states. Like in Florida, sure. if it's if it says husband and wife, it's presumed that it's joint survivorship. Right. Here in Ohio, which is the way it should be. It should be right <laughs> here in Ohio. I actually tried to get a law passed through a senator um, uh, that say that should be the presumption in Ohio, but the presumption it's not. The presumption is the husband gets to say who gets his half of the property. The wife gets to say who gets her half. Stupid presumption. But even if we got the law changed, it wouldn't it wouldn't change all the deeds that already been filed, right? Sure. It would only so so it get it gets a little worse. So so I called the attorney. It was a friend of mine who did the uh, the will, and he says, uh, "Yeah, I did the will, but I don't have a signed copy. I just have the word perfect copy, right? So um, so we don't have any copy." I mean, I could read the will. The will says leave everything to the wife. Now, the sticky part is he had children from another marriage. So the statute in Ohio says if you die without a will, because we can't find the will now, if you have children from another marriage, that your current spouse gets X percentage and the other kids get X percentage. So What a mess. Yeah, so... Um, so she can't put her new husband's name on him without like buying out the other kids. And she's like, but this was my house first. And then I put his name on it. Like she bought the house first and then she added oh. her husband's name. Right. So I, she's just, she, you know, she's living in the house and she said, you know what? Hell with it. I'm just going to let it go. Whatever the hell happens when I'm dead, I don't care anymore. Right. So, I mean, that's, how, how things get so confused, like, because they, you know, I don't, I don't say to blame her, but you know, nine years after your death, if you never use the will, some people do throw the will away. You know, why would I keep it? Right. I did, you know, so um, it, it just could get messed up. And if we can't find it. So the other thing is, you know, the will might say something different than what the statute and the will might say, give it all to Mickey Mouse. Right. I, so if you can't find it, you know, this is like, these are where the documents are at. Go look for them. I don't necessarily have to have them in the binder and carry them with, with me around all the time, but um, it might just say, you know, go to Chris's office. It's in his vault, right? Or it's in the generational vault, like at least a copy of it, you know? So if we can't find the original will, if we do have a copy, we can use, as long as, you know, signed and witnessed and everything, we can submit that to the probate court. It's a little different. Yeah. Uh, situation like we might have to call the witness and say, hey, because the presumption is if you can't find the will, is that they destroyed it on purpose. Like that the old man tore it up because he didn't want it anymore. Right. So that's the presumption if you if you can't find the will. So so the okay, we're 25 minutes into this. So the key is, you know, if you can get a binder put together like this, or we can help you put a binder together like this, great. Call our office. Um 216-485-1040. Uh, otherwise, like you can do it yourself. It's not, it's not that hard. It's like, you know, three ring binder with a table of contents and maybe some of those, uh, you know, those little uh, dividers that, they, you know, you could sell and they sell them at the, the bookstore and office max or whatever. Or like Tony said, why, why not just use our uh, online uh, generational vault? It's really easy. Yeah. It's, it's free. So, yeah. um, 
Just and you up. have a physical vault as well that you <laughs> yeah, keep yeah, files in and that you can keep files for your clients yeah. in. So, yeah. So, yeah. So for our, our listeners, we bought, um, this used to be a fifth third bank. And uh, so, you know, the vault, you know, how they build the banks is they, they put the vault in first and they build the building around it. Right. Yeah. So, so that, you know, it's not like you can move the vault. So there's, you know, we got that big vault that you got to turn the handle on every, every day to open it. So you can store some stuff there or, um, you, know, you know, we don't, there's no charge. It's not like a safe deposit box or anything. So you store right. whatever you want there. Now there's a limit. We're not going to store your whole, uh, you know, <laughs> we're not going to store your whole uh, life, life's works there. But, um, but somehow it would be nice for your kids, uh, your loved ones knew where all this stuff was at. Yes. Right? That's, um, that's important. It's in a safe place and they know where it's at. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's, uh, it, it makes the, the ease of administration, uh, uh, a lot easier, right? Because yeah. it's just um, like, because sometimes you're like, I'm not sure we have all the accounts. I thought mom and dad had more accounts, but I can't find them. Yeah. I like know. life insurance, yeah. uh, life insurance policies and those, you know, 401ks, IRAs. Some people have three or four 401ks at different yeah. places or IRAs. Yeah. And so, and uh, you know, my grandfather, we found a lot of different life insurance information but we did we it was hard to tell what is current and if yeah especially if, it, especially if it's paid up because you yeah. may not you might never get a like sometimes they'll say well go through their checkbook and see if they wrote checks out to the xyz insurance company for the annual premium but if it's paid it's been paid up for 20 years they, they haven't done that so you might it's you know it's really hard to you know what if they had you know a half a million dollar life insurance policy you didn't find you know then it's going to eventually go to what's called unclaimed funds um I'm sure every state has one. I'm not sure every state, but I know we have one in here. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think everyone. So what happens basically at unclaimed funds is let's say you have an account at the bank and it's inactive for years and years and years, and they told you to activate it and they can't get a hold of you. They actually turn the money over to the state of the state of Ohio and say, you know, this was Tony Shore's account. And a lot of them are, believe it or not, you, you go on the unclaimed funds and it's, uh, you know, Tony has four dollars and thirty-seven cents left as a deposit from the 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 electric company. <laughs> yeah, a lot, I, a lot of those. A lot of those. I went know. online and did that search, and uh, I used to live in Nashville, Tennessee, and I had one hundred and thirty-six dollars in some yeah. type of refunded and, and, health thing, yeah. and uh, and uh, I put the claim in. Somebody told me about this link, and yeah. I'm like, this can't be legit. And I filled everything out, and they made me put in my last like five addresses or whatever. And I did that, and they sent me the check. I yeah. and it's so it's real. I got 136 dollars. I wouldn't have had, but yeah. I mean, you could. There could well, be a lot of yeah, money so, out there. Yeah. So we've had larger accounts, um, and there are um, organizations or people that are. I don't know what you want to call them, but they're allowed to process those forms for you and take a commission. Like they sign up to do this type of work. Yes. Usually they take 10%. Um, and, and oftentimes, you know, if like we've had some that were 20, $30,000, like yeah. they just forgot about them. Right. Yep. Um, so um, we're 26 minutes in. I think I probably bumped my gums enough today. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if you want to get a hold of us, it's 216-485-1040 is a law office or our um, financial office is uh, 440-886-3550. Tony, thanks for being on the show today. Hopefully yeah, everything show. went well. And um, yeah, I was a little, um, I, try, I tried to use our regular uh, StreamYard service 
and it sent a password to Tony Marlette's email. So I jumped, <laughs> I jumped in his, his, his office and I couldn't get in his email because it has a password, right? Sure. So, so, yeah, uh, we we had a rocky start today. It's technology, but uh, we got her done. And Chris, a great show. Very important papers, uh, documents, and very important papers. VIP. I the love VIP the show binders. today. And people need to have this organized because then you won't leave uh, a mess for your kids. My and, wife's and, my wife's waiting for me to do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I should you, probably put our yeah, ours is you know, kind of scattered too. The other so. thing is, like, when you have business, like we have four businesses and some rental property. Like, where is all that stuff? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, that does it for today's episode of The Road to Retirement with our host, Chris Anselmo. Thank you for listening to Road to Retirement. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Call 440-886-3550 or visit them online at brooksidetax.com. Advisory services are offered by Brookside Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio. Insurance products and services are offered through Brookside Tax and Financial Group, LLC, an affiliated company. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. We are not affiliated with or enforced by the Social Security Administration, the Federal Medicare Program, or any other government agency. Calling this number will direct you to a licensed sales agent.